0: everybody and welcome to punch it this is episode 32 my name is charlin schmidt and guess what tristan riddell is not here he had to attend to an emergency so with me i have my wonderful co-host patrick schmidt
1: did you notice the last names are the same i'm detecting nepotism
0: <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> but you know what in a pinch it's really helpful so hey well that's why
1: i'm here i'm here to help my wife
0: There you go. Well, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. (laughs) So, you've been on this show before. Uh, How long has it been? Good four months ago?
1: Uh, You know, it feels like last week, but, you know, it was probably about three or four months ago, yeah.
0: Yes, and we did a podcast on Beavis and Butthead, something that Tristan would never, ever do with me. And because of the occasion, we figured you know what, we ought to do this all over again. And so we have the fantastic idea of we're going to envision Beavis and Butthead in the here and now. Now that said, we talked a little bit about the revival and what made writing tick on our last Beavis and Butthead podcast together. Well, we're going to throw some of the rules this time out of the window. Uh, For starters, we were talking before we started recording about you know kind of like what we wanted to talk about and we did discuss other aspects by the way we were not a complete one-track mind where oh let's do beavis and butthead but this is ultimately the thing that worked (laughs) so we discussed animation and the rules of animation and what makes that tick and one of the things that you brought up patrick was the fact that in animation nobody has to age I mean, and most cartoons honestly do this. The Simpsons, the Belchers on Bob's Burgers. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's one of the beauties of animation, and that's one of the reasons why an animated show gets created, at least is in part because those characters don't age and they don't have to age. They're kind of frozen in time. Uh, We saw that with the Beavis and Butthead reboot in 2011 where they were the same age, but they were just living in 2011 as opposed to 1995.
0: Right. And that does make some amount of sense. And that does kind of help. I don't know. It kind of keeps some things in place. It keeps things like Highland High School relevant. It keeps Burger World relevant. And what we're going to do today is we're going to envision Beavis and Butthead as if they have aged. So back in the 90s, they were roughly the same age that we are. They'd be in their mid-30s, as are we. And so we're going to determine if they were to do a 2017 version of Beavis and Butthead and the boys are had aged linearly <laughs> as, as we all do, what would that look like? What would the show look like? And would it still be relevant today?
1: Well, I think one of the interesting things that we're gonna explore today, we talked about the opposite end of things where In most cartoon shows, you don't see them age. Well, we have a very unique opportunity today to talk about cartoon characters aging. And I think that's really intriguing from a a fan standpoint, from a creation standpoint, a writing standpoint, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Well, as am I. I'm very excited to be doing this. And since you are my guest slash co-host for the week, I am dying to know what sort of ideas you have. So with this being punch it, and we often pitch things to one another, pitch me your idea. How do you envision Beavis and Butthead at 35 slash 36 years old? What are they doing?
1: Well, honestly, I think the reboot that I have in mind is actually really dark. uh, And it takes kind of a, a much more psychological, deeper turn where when they were 15 and 16 and doing stupid things, uh, we were able to laugh at them for being naive. Well, now when they're in their mid to late 30s and doing stupid things, it's almost sad. And I think that's yeah. the direction that it goes is, is we end up with two very uh, sad people, two people we end up pitying. Uh, and I think there's some real opportunities for uh, some, some very dark humor in that.
0: Oh, how interesting. Okay, when you said dark humor, I thought, wow, are Beavis and Butthead going to be inflicted uh, to acts of violence? Or, th- you know, You're know, you talking sort of like BoJack Horseman type of dark humor where, yes, you do pity them, and it's because of just the nature of who they are and, as a result, what they are doing. Now, my question for you is, is are they aware of that? Well, I think one
1: of the things Things that the original Beavis and Butthead was really kind of stingy with, I guess you could say, was that they never really gave us that vision of what these boys' future would look like. We had one episode where Butthead walks into the classroom and is like, this sucks. Let's go get drunk.
0: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're, mis- you're forgetting one. The vision of the future. Wasn't it a Christmas episode? Where Beavis is the manager of Burger World and then Butthead is also there and McDicker is (laughs) flipping the burgers and he's at the mercy of the boys.
1: Well, that's true. But even then it was like they were maybe their early 20s.
0: Mm, Okay. Yeah, you're true. That's true. You're right. So we're projecting much further than that. And they're living in 2017. This Mm. is a very different time.
1: Well, and one of the things that I think is interesting about Beavis and Butthead is we never see their parents, other than, I mean, unless you count the movie where we meet (laughs) David Letterman. (laughs) But aside from that, we don't see their parents. And I think one of the things that never really came to fruition in the original series or in the reboot was their relationship with their parents, and specifically with their mothers. And I think that's something that perhaps they would be able to delve into in this reboot. And I think uh, that kind of dysfunction Uh, can create some very dark humor, and I think there would be possibilities for that. Like, I think... uh, Butthead definitely still lives at home. Beavis probably still lives at home. Uh, They are very passive people. Things happen to them. They don't make things happen. So if they don't have to leave the house, they never will. And I don't think they ever have had to do that, and I don't think 20 years later, they're still in Highland, they're still in the same house, uh, and... They're getting into different kinds of adventures because they're older, but I also think that um, they've realized that their lives are what they are, and it's never going to get better, and it's never going to get fulfilling. It's just going to be what it is.
0: Okay, that's interesting, too. I debated just not to completely interject, but I had to decide, too, for my own vision of this, kind of, are the parents going to be involved or not? I do think leaving out, I mean, we know a little bit about Beavis's mom. She was working a street corner somewhere, maybe. Um, I, I, presumably maybe for drugs. That's just my insinuation. It, but that is really all we know. And I think we didn't see them on purpose. It's sort of like on Muppet Babies. I mean, you see Nanny's legs. That's it. That's done on purpose. You change a lot of dynamic but you do add a whole bunch of new and unusual things as a result of that mix. And with this being a new show, you can get away with that, I think. Now, the relationship, though. What does Butthead's mom think of her son? Is she proud? Does she not care? Is she on his case constantly? Like, hey, you need to get a job. What is that like?
1: Well, I think both of their mothers are very distant people
0: Uh,
1: I don't think it's I mean it's clear from watching this series from beginning to end the parents have not shown the children a lot of love (laughs) I mean that's just obvious so so I think that there's really some interesting dynamics as far as I think Beavis's mother um, even though we don't see her I think she ends up being one of the very hardworking people in in society. I think she's one of those people that works three jobs uh, and works 70 hours and then goes to the bar to relax. <laughs> um, but I think Butthead's mother is probably, um, whether she means to or not, is on disability and just stays at home, watches trash TV, and lives off the government teat, if you will.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. She's watching Maury (laughs) just constantly, (laughs) like she's in her trailer, smoking cigarettes constantly, has no life. Yeah,
1: Days of our lives. Uh, Yeah. It's all there. Dr. Phil.
0: Oh boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I could see maybe Beavis's mom working, you know, for a hard living, but she's doing very, she's working very hard physical jobs. She maybe doesn't have the mental capacity to do anything beyond You know, and not to the detriment of anybody who does these jobs, but maybe she's working maintenance. You know, she's a janitor somewhere, and then she goes to her job serving dinner at Denny's, and and then she goes to the bar. Yeah, I think she does nails. Oh, that could be interesting.
1: (laughs) But I also think that when you look at Beavis and Butthead, I think Butthead is still probably working at Burger World. He's not working any job you have to apply for. He is getting jobs kind of hand to mouth. Uh, Whatever he can get, he can get. Now, Beavis, in my late 30s Beavis world, I think we saw places in the original and in the reboot where Beavis can get really excited about things. And I think maybe 18-year-old Beavis takes a shop class and realizes that he can make a living with power tools.
0: Oh, no. This could lead to a lot of appendages going missing. Yeah,
1: and I uh-huh. and I think Beavis is like a like a a skilled contractor kind of guy where he works on construction sites and does, you know, he operates the power tools on the construction site and now granted all that money goes to beer, but
0: <laughs> of course.
1: And, and and porn probably. Well, beer and porn, yes. Let's let's get our facts straight here. Uh, but I also think that Beavis and Butthead avoid drugs. I do not think Beavis and Butthead get into drugs. Now, why? I think they don't get into it because it, you remember The Office when Ryan talks about Michael doing drugs and how Michael's probably never done drugs because no one's ever offered offered him any. Uh huh. I don't think anyone has ever offered drugs to Beavis and ButtHead, so they just drink beer and work and sleep, and that's what they do. And uh, there's a certain amount of. Of kind of sadness in that but there's a certain amount of predictability in that and Beavis and Butthead are nothing if not predictable.
0: Right you kind of need to keep that element just so that the essential spirit of what Beavis and Butthead is still works as a show you know and you can't expect them to go too terribly high in life it just mm-hmm. would not be realistic and so this this vision that you have I, I, w- I would buy it. Certainly. Now, how about the relationship between the two of them? Are they still, you know, they come home from work, they sit on the couch, and they're watching MTV every night?
1: I think so. I think they're maybe watching less MTV and more CMT. Uh, They're watching Duck Dynasty. Uh, They've become very, uh, I, I guess, I mean, if they had to have political beliefs, I guess you could call them conservative, but they don't know what that means.
0: They're going to go for the candidate who just has like maybe the bigger name. I mean, sorry, I'm going to interject with this, but like they would vote for Donald Trump because they saw him on TV.
1: Of course, they were huge uh, Apprentice fans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, So you're saying that Beavis and Butthead watch network TV as opposed to cable?
1: Potentially, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think they watch whatever's interesting and whatever they can make fun of. They probably were able to make fun of Donald Trump. Doesn't mean they didn't vote for him.
0: Right. Well, yeah, they voted for him just because of the recognition. Like, who's that lady? We've never (laughs) seen her on TV except when she's doing speeches. That sucks. You know, that's sort of a thing. And she's way too much like Daria, let's be honest. She's got way too many facts. She's way too smart. That just does not appeal to Beavis and Butthead. Now, so, okay, so your vision here is that they're sort of low lives, And for as much as the world around them has changed, things for them have more or less stayed the same, but only Budhead's still working at Burger World. Beavis has a job with power tools and, oh boy, help us all. (laughs) Now, story-wise, though, I mean, in terms of story format, um, in the original, things were, you know, the play do a lot to their stupidity and how they interpret situations. And we saw that also in the reboot. It's just like like the world did change, but they didn't. How do you envision it?
1: So as I was thinking about this, I really came up to to one of two kind of templates I think you could follow. Uh, And they're both sitcoms. And what I'm envisioning is not a sitcom, but it would take the same sort of structure. Uh, The first one would be Cheers, where you, know, you meet at the bar, you talk about things, it, th- that's where you kind of center things. And for them, it's the couch and the TV. And it's still the same old Beavis and Butthead where it's centered around the couch and the TV, just like Cheers would be centered around the bar. Uh, and then it comes from, you know the, the comedy comes from them talking about themselves and their place in the world and how disappointed, maybe not disappointed, but how f- maybe frustrated they are. Uh, that they can't be what they see on TV. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the other template that maybe could work uh, is uh, the British Office, where the British Office, You, if you haven't seen the British Office, go watch the British Office. It is yes. so, so good, and it's so, so dark. And one of the things that I come away with from that, every time I watch an episode, I'm like, I don't feel good about any of these people. You know? <laughs> I feel like all of these people have potential that's just sitting there and it's just wasted. And I think Beavis and Butthead could be kind of like that only with the twist of, you know, they don't have the potential to go on to any more than what they're doing, but it's the same sort of structure, the same sorts of stories about them trying to get by in the world and maybe not being able to reach that level that they have for themselves or to not reach the level that maybe society thinks they should reach. Um, And I think in my reboot, there's a lot less uh, chuckling between the two of them, a lot less of that. Mm. Um, And I I think it's just because they maybe have settled on this is going to be my life for the rest of my life. And how do I deal with that? How do I move on from that? How do I keep putting my work boots on every day and keep going to do my job every day? when I know it's never going to get better than this. And this is what I'm going to do for the next 40 years until I die.
0: (laughs) I almost feel like that's too introspective for Beavis and Butthead. I don't know if they're really pondering questions that deeply. I feel like they put on their work boots in the morning and say, God, this sucks. We're going to do this for the rest of our lives. But then they go off and they go to work because, well, it sucks. But what else are they going to do?
1: And I think part of this too is that um, they get to explore that and we get to see them mature. We never got to see them mature. Uh, even, even in the reboot, we didn't get to see them mature. Now we kind of get to see them maybe grow up a little bit uh, as much as you can while you're still living at home and working uh, minimum wage jobs. You get to kind of see them change and we all change. And I think we've in, in a reboot like this, you've kind of got to force that change Uh, to put these people in new situations and see what happens.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, for as much as Beavis and Butthead don't change, some things do have to give. And so one thing that I considered with my envisioning of what Beavis and Butthead in 2017 would be doing with their lives is would they still be working at Burger World or not? And I had a lot of points in favor and a lot against, so I want to go into that just a little (laughs) bit. Because for one thing uh like you said they getting them a job is a difficult task who's going to hire them <laughs> so you know just them keeping them at burger world is simpler and they can be working minimum wage and what's kind of an interesting footnote maybe is that every time the federal minimum wage increases they feel like they're getting a raise and they have no idea <laughs> that that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that that's actually something that the employer has to do it's not because of good work mm-hmm. <laughs> and but that said maybe they've both made something like assistant manager you know
1: <laughs> see maybe maybe that happens
0: maybe maybe and then maybe there's just some other numbskulls who are also working who make beavis and butthead actually look competent but they've been in the same job since they were 16 most of us would be bored to tears by that, especially by not earning a livable wage, which they wouldn't be at minimum wage. They just wouldn't be, which is why they'd be living at home, and Butthead's mom, Beavis's mom, they're not really going to care because those are their kids, and they've always been there. What's the difference? It would be weird if they weren't there. So I kind of feel like that would be the dynamic of the parents, and I don't know if we would actually see them or not. That's not something I really considered just because they were so absent from the previous incarnations of the show, I almost wonder if that should just continue, but I also like how that could change things a little bit. So maybe you could do a, a little bit of both and we could learn a little bit more about both.
1: Well, and I think one of the things that you get by not revealing them is you do maintain that level of, you know, this is about Beavis and Butthead. This is the Beavis and Butthead reboot. This is not the Beavis and Butthead mothers reboot. So I I do see where you're going with kind of keeping them in the background, and I, I don't hate it.
0: Yeah, but that's also the spin-off show, is the Beavis and Butthead moms. <laughs> think Laverne and Shirley, only white trash. Okay.
1: Now, here's the question. Do you think Beavis's mom and Butthead's mom hang out?
0: Ooh, that's a really good question. I always assumed as much, just because Beavis and Butthead hang out so much, but... What if Beavis and Butthead met in school and the mothers don't even really know each other? That's, <laughs> that's a heck of a thought. I'd never considered that before.
1: My thought is that Beavis and Butthead's parents uh, went to high school together, had their kids about the same time,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then grew apart.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like We know that Beavis and Butthead's dads, they were like roadies for Motley Crue, so maybe they were handing the moms a paycheck for a little while, and then just the, the connection, whatever it was, ceased.
1: Well, and one of the things that comes out of that then, too, is if they are really separate, your version makes a lot more sense.
0: This is true. So another thing we have to consider is, of course they cannot be at Highland High School anymore. Did they graduate or didn't they?
1: What do you think? This is your vision.
0: <laughs> well, I'm exploring it for the, between the both of us because you didn't acknowledge it. So we, we can come up with it together. Oh, th-
1: well, then the, this is quick. The answer is no, they didn't graduate.
0: Yeah, they don't even have a GED, which, again, is a strike against in their job market favor. So I, in my vision, they're both still at Burger World, although I love your idea of beavis operating power tools but i could just see that leading to disaster so many times like how could you realistically handle that but then this is an animated show and people do the craziest things all the time and we saw them screw up constantly at burger world too maybe the only reason why uh their boss and i don't remember his name but did he ever get a name i don't remember i don't know um Maybe the only reason why he still employs Beavis and Budhead is because hiring anybody else who's going to apply to work at Burger World isn't necessarily better, but he also doesn't have to pay them much. And for as subpar of a performance, he at least knows what to expect out of them. <laughs> he knows what he's getting. He knows what, he kind of knows how to handle them at this point. And so he's gonna, just going to put up with it and it's all right. Uh, so, okay, the next thing. Um, I do feel though, that they had to have matured just a little bit. I do feel that Beavis and Butthead have hopes and dreams. So you mentioned earlier that Beavis, he gets excited about things. I think Beavis does have aspirations. And I feel like his aspiration is to be a YouTube star.
1: Okay, <laughs> that, that one caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that. Um, okay, so he's on YouTube doing What?
0: He's making videos and he thinks they are great. And it might be something where like he, I don't know, is eating bugs or (laughs) whatever his topic is. He thinks they're fantastic and maybe he gets even a lot of comments. People are watching because they can't believe this crazy crap that he's doing. And maybe the comments are even negative, but Beavis sees that as attention and he likes it. So he keeps doing it. I feel like it's almost, maybe not quite on the level of jackass. But it's, it's along those lines where he's going to do stupid things just for the viewership.
1: Maybe. I I'd like to think that maybe there's that. Or there's also he d- dreams of being a YouTube star and he thinks he is because he posts a bunch of videos. And they all get like 212 views.
0: <laughs> like all together, he's got 200 videos and the 212 <laughs> views. I could see that too. And maybe Butthead helps him and they think that's how they're going to get rich. Because one of their big aspirations is to get rich. And then they wouldn't have to work and do these stupid jobs, whatever they are. So they think that is maybe their ticket. But, of course, this is Beavis and Butthead, and they just don't fully get it. Now, that said, though, people do stupid crap on YouTube, and it gets millions of views. (laughs) So you could even do an episode, maybe, where they have a lot of success. And then, like, maybe they get invited to go on a talk show. Like, you could have the Ellen kind of... uh, counterpart, that sort of a thing. Sort of like when they went on Gus Baker. Yeah, the Gus Baker
1: show. <laughs> yeah,
0: check this out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Peek-a-boo>.
0: That's right. <laughs> so you can kind of do that without saying, hey, it's the Ellen show or whatever. I don't even know what other talk shows are out there. I don't watch daytime TV. But anyway, it would be something like that. And so then, of course, then they've got to completely mess it up and the audience sees them for who they really are and like, oh, wow, we we just can't do that. Mm-hmm. in this overly politically correct world this is wrong. And then they lose all of our viewers.
1: So correct me if I'm wrong. You and your vision is a little bit more lighthearted than mine would be.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, I think there was there would be an element of dark humor where we do pity them. Because their lives are not good. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they work, you know, pretty just horrible jobs. They're not having a good time. They're not making a whole lot of money. They don't have anything resembling success. Uh, And you know that they're not going to ever see success in the world as as our culture defines it. You know, they just exist. The world happens to them. They don't make things happen. They don't know how to.
1: And when you're 15, that's, I think that's come up in the DVDs a few times where they talk about it's almost adorable because it's just ignorance. They just, just don't know any better. They don't know that they're not supposed to do these things. And when you get into your late 30s, you're supposed to know better. And yeah. I think that's one of the difficulties of having them age at all is you move past that age of ignorance and you move into an age of, hey, your actions have consequences and those consequences are real. If you uh, you know, paint the cat's butt You know, you're not, you're not just getting a a talking to, you're probably getting an animal cruelty charge against you. So I think that's one of the difficulties in having them age at all is now they're supposed to know better. And what do they do in that situation where they do know better or, or they at least act like they do?
0: Right. I think you do have to tone some of that down, just because yes they they are older and they probably have had to learn a couple of things um but that said yeah there's still just uh, that that aspect of of pitying them where where yeah it's not ignorance anymore it's just this is what they've always done they don't know how to do anything else and that's why you pity them because their lives are sad they're just they're kind of a waste of life in a way
1: and one of the things you can do from a episode standpoint is that now you can actually kind of put them in adult situations where before when you yeah. would put them in the adult situations it was oh these little 15 year olds are uh acting just like grown ups how cute and well now you can actually put them in those situations where you know they've they've got to face a paternity test or oh.
0: <laughs> wait wait you're saying that Beavis and Butt had actually had sex at some point
1: I mean intelligence is not based on gender. There's got to be a couple stupid women out there.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I and I don't think it was Alita and Tankeray either. I'm pretty sure they got pregnant in their teens and they they've got teenagers by now. They must have met somebody though, I suppose, because the the gene pool is well, it's pretty shallow sometimes.
1: But you can put them in a situation like that where they've got to figure out how to navigate a paternity test how do they navigate oh my gosh I'm an adult I'm 36 and I've never paid taxes because that's a beavis and butthead thing to do is like they don't know that they have to pay taxes and then they figure out oh my gosh what now
0: oh I love that as a first story idea like all these years they've never paid taxes and the IRS comes after them (laughs) and they're like what are you doing here (laughs) that's a really good idea so are there any other aspects of building this universe? Because we're kind of veering into story-making territory, and that I definitely want to do that, but should we flesh this out any further? Like, do we see things like, do we find out what happened to Stewart and people like Van Driessen and Mick Vicker? I do have one story idea based on those sorts of things, but um, I'll leave the question to you and then we'll go from there.
1: So it's still Highland. It's still the same community and chances are it's still the same people. I mean, some of those people clearly have probably left. Most people will probably have left after 20 years. Stewart probably is gone. Uh, most of the teachers that they had are probably now retired by now. So I think we get a new cast of, of characters around them, but I still think you know people like Todd and Todd's gang are still around. Uh, the people who wouldn't have left Highland anyway are still in Highland, and we get to see what happens to them.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely think uh, there might have been a couple of people that moved on. Like, I don't know, maybe Van Driesen joined a hippie convent or something. Um, and I imagine that maybe even a couple of characters are dead. Like one story idea I have is where maybe it's Tom Anderson or maybe it's Principal McVicker. One of them dies and they they go to the funeral. How do they crash it?
1: This sounds a lot like uh, if you've seen clerks where they go to the funeral (laughs) and uh, all the bad things happen there. Uh, But yeah, I I think there's potential for that or there's uh, I I keep thinking of other potential story ideas that are that are out there, such as uh, Beavis actually does sever his pinky and can't reattach it. (laughs) What happens next?
0: (laughs) Right. So we're putting we're injecting a lot of reality into animation. Which I think is something of a trend. I think BoJack Horseman does that where it it explores a lot of dark topics uh, as opposed to things that have been going for a while or gone in the past like Family Guy or Simpsons uh, Bob's Burgers. They're all much more lighthearted and I feel like you can maybe have more of a balance of both because not only have Beavis and Butthead gotten older but so has its core audience which is us.
1: And that's part of the fun too is that You can talk all day about, you know, back in 1995 when I thought about their future, it was just, there was nothing there, it was so stark, and now we maybe even get to see that on the screen. That's kind of cool to think about, and um, for two guys who, I mean, who literally had no future in front of them, that's the thing about life. Everyone has a future, and they have a future whether they want to or not, (laughs) and minus them accidentally offing themselves uh, they have lives just like all of us do and I think there's something very human to that and something that's still kind of adorable about that is that they they have to keep on living the best way that they know how and I think there's I think that's appealing
0: yeah yeah no lest we forget they are still people (laughs) and and I don't know maybe that garners a certain small amount of respect just for the fact that they have managed to keep on going despite the odds. (laughs) And you know what? I do think now that we've talked about this for a while, I think the reason why they kept them the same age in the revival in 2011 was a lot of what we've discussed here is you, it's hard to age them. It's hard to envision what they might be like in their early thirties as, or late twenties when that aired, as opposed to, how they were and and do you change the tone of the show they opted not to and i respect that it was still a really nice run i wish they would have done more but this adds some new levels here it's more dynamic
1: well i think too mike judge talked about this on one of the commentaries uh that he did for beavis and butthead was that he had trouble seeing them at this age he could see them as teenagers and he could see them as very old men Kicking around the nursing home. But he really had trouble with what are late 30s, early 40s Beavis and Butthead doing with their lives. And that was difficult to envision. And I agree. Having gone through this exercise for this podcast, I agree. It's tough to see where they would be at and to put it together in a way that would actually be appealing for a television show. I mean, you have to completely, I think, completely change the structure of the show, what it is, what it represents, uh, and the kind of humor that it pursues.
0: Right. And not everybody is going to be on board with that. You are going to have some members of the audience say, Oh, this isn't Beavis and Buddha. This isn't what I was expecting, but you know what? No matter what format they would have chosen, somebody out there would complain. So you're not going to make everybody happy no matter what you do. And I think you have to evolve it to make it work at this stage in their lives and you have to make it relatable. So we are going to deal with things like paternity tests and, Things like the IRS and what are they doing for careers? Do they potentially have kids after the paternity test? I don't know. I imagine Todd uh, is dealing out a lot of child support mm-hmm. through several kids with different mothers.
1: And I think that we can see those other characters grow too, and that's kind of cool too. You know, what's Todd doing in his mid to late forties? Uh, what is? What are those other? people doing who actually stayed in Highland and, uh, or those new people who have come in. You open up that whole opportunity for, for new blood and new life in a, in a reboot like we're talking about.
0: Right. Yeah, do these new people maybe come in not knowing anything about Beavis and Butthead? Do they pity them and want to help them? Do they hate them and think they're just a bunch of low-life losers? You could have a little mixture of all of the above. You could have the, uh, the veterans fill them in and maybe just maybe you have like that weird comedy of errors where maybe Beavis and Butthead do something really nice, even though the neighbors have been told they're just completely worthless, you know, that sort of thing. And so their opinions are completely different from everybody else. You know, that's sort of a, a scenario. I do envision like I want to go back to the funeral episode for just a second because I think that would be a really great kind of like reunion type of thing where anybody who's left Highland comes back for the funeral. So that's when you find out like where Stuart has been, what, what's happened with his life. Uh, and maybe even Daria or uh, who am I, who am I thinking or who am I forgetting here? I'm pretty sure Todd's still in Highland. And I figure I, he's probably a really bitter old man <laughs> at this point. He's, he's working himself to the bone trying to, uh, because his wages have been garnished for all the child support he owes and he's just, he's just really mad at life, I think. But you could have a whole cast of characters like Van Dreesen, like Buzzcut, figure out what, they, what they've been up to this whole time, and that might be kind of fun.
1: And lest we forget, this show was not just Beavis and Butthead, right? It was all the people around them, too. And one of the things that when you rewatch old Beavis and Butthead, no one in that show... Is portrayed positively everyone is a little bit kooky a little bit pushy a little bit of uh dare i say a bunghole uh (laughs) appropriate and i mean no one is aside from maybe daria who got her own spinoff is actually shown to be a good human being with a heart and a brain and a soul they these people just aren't that
0: yeah they're exaggerations which is one thing that you can take liberty with easily in animation. And Beavis and Butthead embraces that as well. But also there is a chunk of reality to that where nobody is perfect. Nobody always listens to the better angels of their nature. Not even people like Van Driesen who really tried to give Beavis and Butthead a chance. Even he would get fed up. And honestly, who wouldn't? So, you know, it's, it's not off base. So, okay. Now that we've envisioned something of this world, I want us to keep going with story ideas because that's kind of where the fun is, right? So let's conjure up a few more of those and then we'll wrap things up. But do you have any other story ideas right now that just jump out at you and say, make me?
1: Beavis and Butthead have to go buy a new TV. (gasps) Oh No, the horror! Very much like uh, what we saw in the movie. I think that would be interesting. Or... Or the couch finally falls apart and they have to go buy a new couch
0: <laughs> i love both of those ideas because the tv is and the couch really they're both practically like secondary characters on this show i vote that it's going to be the couch though
1: well and i also think another potential story idea is that beavis and butthead uh ha- have their driver's licenses but they fail to get them renewed, and now they go have to go back and retake their driver's tests at 38, or uh, and and they fail,
0: <laughs> which makes you wonder how they got them in the first place. And you could work the details of that in the script. But it's funny because you'd expect a full-grown adult who's been driving for a while to drive somewhat competently, only for the driving tester or instructor or whoever to realize that they've been driving like complete crazy maniacs this whole time. And it's no wonder they drove up in this really weird smoking mm-hmm. heap of crap mm-hmm. <laughs> to the DMV.
1: <laughs> and I also think one of the, 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 the season one finale is Beavis and Butthead are looking to buy a bar together.
0: Oh God, okay, could you, here's a crossover potential is they buy the bar it immediately sinks into the ground because they know nothing about business management. And then animated John Taffer has to go in and bar rescue Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, I cannot imagine them buying a bar, but maybe that's Butthead's ambition. Beavis's ambition is to become a YouTube star. Butthead wants to buy a bar so he can just constantly get drunk.
1: Well, of course. I mean, if you're going to drink all day, right? The and you want to not pay for it, how do you get around paying for your beers while you own the bar?
0: It makes some sense. He just, he knows that's what he wants, but has no idea what it takes to make it work.
1: It's very Beavis and Butthead logic.
0: Yes, yes. You just pretty much jump from point A to point C without considering all of what constitutes point B. So how
1: about you? What episodes do you have in mind?
0: Um, okay. Well, I, I did have an episode idea where they, uh, like in the revival, they 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 sort of sort of buy a car, not really, but <laughs> I want them to actually uh, go through the process of actually buying a car because they're sick of walking or riding their bikes. They're thirty something year olds and they're riding their bikes around town. They're getting made fun of, you know that sort of a thing. And they decide, you know what, we really ought to buy a car, and then you have them realize hey if we have a car not only is that going to be appealing for maybe you know going out on dates but we could also do like a lift thing and make even more money and get rich Mm -hmm. so then you have that episode where they're picking up random people and what sort of hijinks ensue
1: yeah they think they're doing uh, a lift or an uber but instead they're just driving around and asking people if they want to ride
0: (laughs) exactly and of course they make no money yeah and and then they can't figure out
1: why nobody's giving them money once they give them to their destination
0: I love it. That's, that's perfect. That's great. Yeah. 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 I also want to see how Beavis and Butthead cope with like a real crisis in their thirties. So there's several ways that you could go about doing this. You could have something happen to one of the moms and they've got to go to the damn hospital. (laughs) Uh, Like maybe Butthead's mom has a heart attack or something. And then, I mean, hospital stories on Beavis and Butthead are always funny. They always find a way to get into trouble uh so there is that or um d- does Beavis uh, ha- like go in like have an aneurysm when he does his cornholio uh thing like maybe he does like he goes way overboard for a youtube video or something and then suddenly it's not funny anymore because he passes out or something i, I don't know yeah
1: or they get struck by lightning
0: <laughs> there's always that and i'm sure we could find another way for them to uh to to get into hospital beds and eating ice cream once again.
1: And I think there's, I think we can also do kind of nods to the original series in these kinds of episodes where it's like, this is how they handled it at 15. Well, now this is how they're going to handle it at 36.
0: Yeah, you don't necessarily want to recycle the whole script, but given a different perspective, you can show with a nod and give it a different kind of flavor even though maybe it is generally under the same topic umbrella, I think that's okay. And I think that might even be something that if we actually got to see a show like this, fans would appreciate it.
1: Well, I would hope they would. I mean, you, you alluded to it earlier that uh, the real true fans who kind of grew up with the show would be very upset that, Oh, this is not Beavis and Butthead. Well, it can't be, it can't be um, because there's going to be, growth and there's going to be change and we all go through that
0: yeah yeah even beavis and butthead <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so some other story ideas uh, there's got to be work trouble always right and you know what maybe beavis maybe he uh maybe he does go off and he manages to get a job working power tools and it's the best thing ever but he makes such a mess of things that he he gets fired you know, two steps forward, one step back.
1: Well, and I think in the original series and even in the reboot, this school was the site for a lot of their things. Well, now they're not in school anymore, and now it's work. So the work hijinks, and as opposed to the school hijinks, really become a staple of, of a reboot like this.
0: Right. So then you're going to have to talk a little bit about coworkers too, right? Like, I envision the same guy who was managing Burger World, he's still there because he, in a way, is sort of like Beavis and Butthead, just maybe a little more intelligent, where, eh, he's the manager, he's going to stay the manager, has no real aspirations to do anything else. He's successful in his view.
1: And maybe Beavis' boss is Todd.
0: Oh, good God. (laughs) Can you imagine him just smacking around Beavis all the time?
1: Or Slade. You remember Slade? Todd's friend Slade?
0: Ooh, okay. That might be even worse, to be (laughs) honest. That dude is not nice.
1: (laughs) But I think there's potential for some really cool work-related episodes there where you get to meet this whole different crew of people and see what they're about, too.
0: Right. And you know what? Now that you mentioned Slade, I just had this thought of, like, he's getting out of prison and, and then he comes to work on maybe Beavis' Beavis's construction job, and Beavis is the one who gets to be in charge <laughs> somehow, and he gets to boss him around. I mean, that's got to be the most demeaning thing that could happen to this guy, right? Well, of course.
1: He, I mean, who gets to be told what to do by Beavis? No one. That's just ridiculous, but I think that's, there's, there's humor there. I think it's really interesting.
0: <laughs> I mean, it could make an interesting dynamic. For an episode, and I don't know if you get Todd involved or not, you could see, yeah, there's I don't know, there's a lot of potential. <laughs> uh, but this is already we're, we've already reached an episode length, so I think we ought to wrap it up here. But do you have any final thoughts that you want to get out there before we stop?
1: I think that one of the things that, of course, made the original so much fun and so interesting to watch was you couldn't believe what you were seeing. It was so outlandish and so unbelievable what you were seeing. Now I don't think you have the momentum to do that with them as late 30 year olds Um, so you've got to be able to change up what the show is about and I think that's where it ends up being more like a you know a a BoJack Horseman slash Cheers only animated and stupider
0: (laughs) Always has to be stupider, right? Yeah, and the thing is, is the world that we're living in now, as opposed to 1995, is it is a lot crazier. So you can do one of two things. You can go even crazier, or you go less crazy. And I feel like the latter works better. And it's not to the point of being underwhelming. It's just... We live in such a sensationalistic kind of role. You would not believe what this person does. And you watch, you know, the Dr. Pimple Popper video for 45 minutes, that sort of uh, thing. So you, you kind of have to pick one direction. And after watching House of Cards season five, where that used to be such a crazy world and, and, and now it's not because it's not any crazier than the world we're living in. I feel like if you pick a direction, you go for less crazy.
1: And the world is crazy enough as it is. I think all you have to do is put Beavis and Butthead on Tinder and just let the magic unfold.
0: (laughs) That would be another great episode, right? As Beavis and Butthead do Tinder. That's a great kind of sequel to the dating video episode.
1: And maybe that's where this uh, reboot goes is that in the original, these guys were crazy in a sane world. Now they're not so crazy in an insane world.
0: Yeah, completely different shift in perspective. It, that could be interesting yeah absolutely all right well this has been a lot of fun I, I feel like we could do this all night but we ought to wrap it up um if people want to talk beavis and butthead with you on the internet patrick where can they find you
1: well i'm on twitter imagine that i am at p schmidt and that's schmidt with an e
0: fantastic and you can find me at oh the profanity also, on The Nerd Party, we want to encourage you to join in the conversation there. You can go to Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party, or on Twitter, it is Join Nerd Party. We're also on Instagram. Uh, go to Instagram.com slash The Nerd Party and check us out. Let us know what you think of our vision for Beavis and Butthead in 2017. Are we right on? Would you watch this show? Are we completely out of our minds? <laughs> Are we crazy? What would you envision? Is there something you'd like to add? I would love to know. And so get in on the action and tell us what you think. Also, we would love it if you would rate us on iTunes. And if you give us five stars in a review, we will mention you on the show. But we appreciate all ratings. I mean, honesty's good. <laughs> it's just we we, we, we we read the ones that we really like. So <laughs> that would be five stars. But that said, we would love to be able to give you a shout-out on the show if you haven't already. So please take five minutes. That really helps us out. And so please give us a rating on iTunes. If you do so on a non-U.S. iTunes store, let us know so we can look it up because we have to look up each country's iTunes store individually, which is a real pain. So we don't do it often unless people tell us to. <laughs> All right, well, this has been so much fun that I think I'm going to go downstairs, make me some nachos, and uh, maybe put on a little bit of TV. What'd you say?
1: Well, I'm going to go head over to the Maxi Mart and get a Fruity Whip.
0: Sounds like you're going to get punching it.
1: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.